happy Lord's Day, and God bless you all. We're so happy you're joining us as we continue our walk through the book of Genesis. Today, we're moving on to Genesis chapter 2. You know, everybody loves a good origin story, and every good hero's tale needs an origin story. Well, here in Genesis 2, we get to read our origin story, yours and mine. And what an incredible origin story we have. The most incredible story that has ever been told. And let's read our origin story. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Then Yahweh God formed man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And so the man became a living being. We were formed out of the dust of the ground. Then God, the creator and sustainer of the universe, breathed the breath of life into us and we came to life. And we weren't just formed haphazardly or randomly, but in the image of that same creator and sustainer of the universe. You were made in his image, we were told back in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. And you were fearfully and wonderfully made, the psalmist tells us in Psalm 139 verse 14. But more than that, we were loved and nurtured by that creator, not left on our own. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 says, Then Yahweh God took the man and set him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. God gave us a home to live in and more than a home, a paradise. Then commanded us to work, not for his good, but for ours, because God knows that it's good for man to work, to produce. Ecclesiastes verse three or chapter 3 verse 13 says, Every man who eats and drinks and sees good in all his labor, it is the gift of God. And with all that, God was still not done, saving even the best for last. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18, Then Yahweh God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. So God gave us a partner, a partner created from us. And Genesis chapter 2 verse 21 through 22 says, so Yahweh God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of, the, one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. And Yahweh God fashioned the rib which he had taken from the man into a woman, and he brought her to the man. Man and woman, created in the image of God, given a home in paradise with the blessing of work and with the incredible gift of doing what God had done, creating new life together man and woman with the duty to be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. And all of this with only a single stipulation, Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat from it, for in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. God is the author of creation and the author of our salvation. Genesis 2 begins by saying, the heavens and the earth were finished, and on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. I noticed it says his work three times in these verses, that this is God's work that he has done. He started it, and he finished it. Then he rested. And I want to point out that he was finished. Although he is creator, he doesn't 
continue creating. He finished on day seven. But he gives his creation life and the things necessary for it to grow and be sustained. Like he gives us water and sunshine, which causes plants and trees to grow, providing food for all creatures. All creation is completely dependent upon God to bring rain. God blesses his creatures and mankind, saying, be fruitful and multiply. At first, I was thinking God commanded them to multiply, but it says he blesses them and says, be fruitful and multiply. I'd like to contrast these portions of scripture to Christ. Christ came to the world with work to do. He manifested his name on the earth to testify of who he is. He is the fulfillment of the scriptures. He is the light that shines in the darkness. He is the Christ, the Savior. In John chapter 19, verses 28 through 30, it says, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, to fulfill scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on the hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And I notice here it says that Jesus knew his work was finished. And then he says, It is finished. The work to save poor sinners from sin and death, to bring them into fellowship with the Father, to worship him for all eternity. God at creation finished his work on the seventh day, but also said, to be fruitful and multiply. Jesus finished the work to save us and make us alive spiritually. Then, when he was about to ascend into heaven, he commanded his disciples to share this message of life so people may be saved. I just noticed this similarity in God at creation doing all the work and Jesus doing all the work for salvation. God telling us to multiply and Jesus commanding us to spread the gospel, which is the means of new birth but the Spirit causes it to happen. And I'll end praying um, from our Scottish Psalter of 1595 from Psalm 89. And it says, O God, only wise and good, who never ceasest to show unto thine elect how greatly thou lovest and favorest them, but chiefly when thou gavest unto us a King and Savior, Jesus Christ, thy only Son, to assure us of the truth of thy promises. We beseech thee, grant us thy grace to render unto him such obedience that we, that we may in the end enjoy the fruit of our faith that is the salvation of our souls. Amen. Amen.